Welcome to the GB Sports Performance Podcast with me, Grace Brown. This podcast is all things sports, performance and fitness, and I'll be interviewing industry experts to help shed some light on these topics. For more information, you can find me at Grace Brown Fitness on socials. Hey team, I have just come off the most amazing chat with Shona. We discussed all things pelvic floor. Shona is a pre and postnatal specialist, mum, crossfitter, strength athlete, crossfit gym owner, and many more awesome things. I can't wait to share this podcast with you. So without further ado, let's welcome Shona. Hey Shona and welcome to the GB Sports Performance Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I am great. I am very excited to chat to you about one of my favourite topics but also I love what you do. I find it so interesting. Um, So yeah I'm, I'm really excited about talking about pelvic floor in that context as well. Awesome. Mm. Okay, so before we get dive into all things pelvic floor, um, let's start a little bit about you so the listeners can find out what you do mm-hmm. and how you got to where you are today. Okay, so I am a personal trainer and online coach just like you, Grace. Um, I started off just being, you know, your standard personal trainer working in pure gym working in exercise for less. Um, I also uh, have a background in strength sports. So I have competed in strong women and weightlifting and then CrossFit. And I'm still, I really, I really, really enjoy CrossFit. I do a lot of CrossFit training myself. Um, I then sort of like wanted to find a bit more yin in my life because I had a lot of yang. And became a yoga teacher in 2019 and then had a baby in 2021 and now I predominantly work with pre and postnatal people and that's because I have obviously I've gone through it myself I have a great interest in it but I also work and talk a lot about pelvic floor and that's because having been someone who has taken part in strength sports. It was something that I was personally affected by. Like I had a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction myself. Were were you at- um, Level up, yes. You've heard my talk. I loved it. I thought it was great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I then just, it's something that I'm really passionate about helping people with because it's, it's something that can really massively impact your mental health, your quality of life. And yeah, I I love it. I feel so fulfilled working with this group of people as well. So just loving life. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's why I am one of the reasons why other than Emma suggesting it um, was that I wanted to get you on uh, in regards to this topic was obviously after your talk, I thought it was brilliant. And um, even myself, I'm still trying to learn a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the pelvic floor and it just makes me think if people like us don't know that much about mm-hmm. it the general population especially athletes probably don't know enough about it or might be concerned um, or you know and your g- average gym goer or any 
one that might have gone through pregnancy and had yeah. issues, etc. So I think it's a really useful topic. And also, we don't want to forget the men because men have a pelvic floor too. <laughs> they do. Yes, they absolutely Slightly do. Slightly differently affected, I, I assume, though. It's, it's less affected. Um, there's mm. certain life events that happen to women that make you more likely to experience pelvic floor dysfunction. And, and those are things like uh, pregnancy, childbirth, and then also menopause can impact mm. your pelvic floor. Also, um, women have more holes, right? We've got we've got um, <laughs> two holes. Um, men only have one. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, as in one that's like... Yeah. Um, yeah internal if you know what I mean yeah <laughs> Without, you know, you know what no, it's all right we can get um, deep into it it's all good yeah, so um yeah we've got more holes so uh, we also have like a shorter urethra so that's that's actually the more technical way of, of what yeah, I was trying yeah. to say there um so uh it's more it's more likely to be impacted by certain events however we do know that um certain things that men experience like erectile dysfunction like um I think 40% of men uh over the age of 40 or by the I can't remember if it's by the age of 40 or over the age of 40 those are very different things anyway <laughs> 40% like of men experience pill um erectile dysfunction that can really like massively cause a lot of like uh, distress and that's something that is really easily treated with um pelvic floor physiotherapy um and mm. I thought I just don't think a lot of men know that yeah, um, that's interesting. But also just things like I think um if someone's like not able to control gas or like uh, not able to control their back passage, like I think a lot of men laugh off things like that. But mm. that again is is pelvic floor. Ah, interesting. So this is oh, I think I'm gonna learn lots from this uh, conversation, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um so before we get into the specifics about the pelvic floor uh, mm -hmm. and the questions that I've kind of lined up for you, yep. um, is what is great about what you do and what do you find difficult about what you do? Oh, that is such a good question, right? Okay, so um what is great about what I do is how much it can working on pelvic floor and, and actually just talking about pelvic floor um can really improve someone's quality of life every single time I post on Instagram or even just mention the words pelvic floor or or talk about something related to it I will get a message from someone saying this is something that I go through or here's my symptom what do I do about this? Uh, or I'm so glad you're talking about this because this is something that I've had for years and years and years. And mm. I would, I would love to, but even like I am a CrossFit coach um, and 70% of women pee when they do double unders and we do double unders like every week. That's like double unders are when you skip and you yeah, jump yeah. twice. Um, and it, on the mad. whole, it's totally mad. 70% of women, right? So that that's something that a lot like we're not talking about this like if 70 percent of people in your class are experiencing this that's that's more than half and if we just have an easy conversation then it's something that can be addressed and mm. and when when things like that happen if you are one of these people that pee when you do things like that it's not a problem that goes away by itself if you ignore it but mm. if you act now you can you can do something about this and I think like um this is so relevant to the people that you work with because mm. if you're an athlete you're asking so much of your body but also you want to be able to 
use your body in the way that you want it to for as long as possible. Of course. Um, women are are wanting to uh, are athletes even though they have babies like they have babies and they want to get back into their sport women are athletes even though they're going through the menopause and you don't want your vagina to be stopping you from doing any of those things exactly um so what is the most difficult part of my job um sometimes I get the cringe not gonna lie (laughs) sometimes (laughs) I mean I did this like uh Grace and I met each other at um, the level up talk and I gave a talk about pelvic floor obviously for personal trainers and it involved me telling my story which I didn't mention at the time but that was actually the first time I ever oh, wow. said out loud what I had gone through like obviously members of my family know but none of my friends know I'm not going to be like oh yeah this happened to me when I was like 25 because no one knows what the hell that that is yeah um, probably pre kind of judges as such yeah, oh kind yeah of thing. totally totally um so sometimes I get the cringe sometimes I'm like I, I remember that um I do have like some blokes follow me that that know me outside of the context of like being a pre and postnatal trainer and I'm just talking yeah. about fannies all the time um, <laughs> I've also got like L, like I've got a 70 year old auntie who is like well, I, I just think that sometimes she probably it's just, just that generation. absolutely <laughs> dismayed by what I post. I love I, it. I made a post about anal sex um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I just bet she like almost fainted. I bet. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's move to the specifics. Yeah. And I thought let's keep it pretty simple initially, because some people listening might not know exactly what the pelvic floor. So what is it and why is it important for us? Okay. So what is the pelvic floor? Um, Pelvic floor muscles, obviously, uh, there's a clue in the name. They're located within the pelvis. Mm. And they stretch like a hammock between the tailbone and the pubic bone. Um, And if we think about our core muscle as a canister, and the top of your canister is your diaphragm, the the middle is your abdominal muscle that wraps around your body, and then the base is your pelvic floor. Okay, so your pelvic floor is involved in a lot of what your core does. It's constantly moving and reacting and supporting your or doing its job when you do daily activities and that's not just like activities like sport it's things like getting up out of a chair carrying things talking singing breathing mm. um it does a lot more than we think it is involved in supporting the spine it helps control the pressure inside your abdomen as i've mentioned so like it's it supports the downward force when mm. you like strain because if you think about like if you do the Valsalva maneuver, you can yeah, feel yeah. there's like a pressure downwards. Um, um, they help your pelvic organs stay in place. So your pelvic organs for women is bladder and bowel and uterus. And for men, it's bladder and bowel. Um, they help you pee and poo, but they also help keep in pee and poo. And they also, um, quite importantly, have a big important role and sexual function and pleasure, which is maybe something that people don't know much about. So if you improve the strength of your pelvic floor, you can also improve the strength of your orgasms. And I mean, that might be like a big, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, There you go. Um, They're they're really important. 
Mm, awesome. That was great. That was a really good uh, description. <laughs> um, so how the next question I've got is how does it get affected or it changes or it, da- it gets damaged um, in men and women? Uh, and how do you know it's damaged? So I know we kind of covered this a little bit, but kind of kind of expand on what we've already said. Okay. So um, I'll talk about the the study that I mentioned in the talk. This is a great study. Um, So the study was done on Norwegian weightlifters and powerlifters, Mm. men and women. And um, they were interviewed about any sort of pelvic floor dysfunction. So that would be urinary incontinence, anal incontinence and pelvic organ prolapse. Prolapse is when pelvic organs start to move downwards uh, down the the vaginal canal. Mm. Um, So the out of these athletes, I don't think that any of them had had babies, any of the female athletes had had babies, but the percentages of them who had um, urinary incontinence for the women, I think it was like 60%. And for um, prolapse, it was like 25%. And for men, it was something like 50% anal incontinence. But oh, I mean, wow. I've totally forgotten all these numbers, right? But yeah. you should look up the Norwegian okay. uh, weightlifting study. Um, we so, can put a link into the Yeah, yeah, I'll thing. find that for you. Yeah, so that'd be great. Basically, it just shows how strength sports can have an impact on the pelvic floor. Mm. However... Um, they were also interviewed on their knowledge of the pelvic floor and something like 75% of them didn't know what the pelvic floor was or how to train it. So what we can conclude from that is that strength sports, when you are straining, when you are lifting really heavy and not managing the intra-abdominal pressure, which I mentioned earlier, the pressure goes downwards. So if you think about like a squat, right? Mm. And you take a big breath in, you're lifting as heavy as you can, you hold your breath, you squat down, and then you're using everything that you can to stand up out of the squat. Mm. And quite often, what you're using, what what people use and these athletes were using was that downward pressure through their pelvic floor. So they were experiencing incontinence um, while they were lifting these heavy weights. Mm. However, um, what I would say is that strength sports increase your likelihood to have um pelvic floor dysfunction but it doesn't mean that you have like you all it would Mm. take is just learning the importance of having a of of your pelvic floor being able to manage your intra-abdominal pressure probably and also training your pelvic floor so just because you've got a strong body and a strong core doesn't mean that your pelvic floor is also strong Mm. um and quite often as well with athletes and people that lift a lot of weights and do a lot of core training they have a really really tight and flexible pelvic floor so they might experience dysfunction um and it's purely because their pelvic floor is uncoordinated it's not able to fully extend it's always contracted um and just like any other muscle in your body if something is really overly tight and inflexible it's probably going to not work properly or cause injury yeah Um, but we're, we're talking about strength sports here but i imagine like people who compete in things that have a lot of impact like gymnastics or running even just yeah running running like most sports have an element of running in Mm -hmm. uh whether it be well obviously all field sports and then obviously track 
athletes mm. and r- actual runners and stuff so yeah. um I think those are the majority of people that I work with but mm-hmm. um most athletes will have some form of strength program or should have some yeah. form of strength program yeah. to help improve their performance so mm-hmm. um it's definitely something I did not know much about when I started especially when I started lifting yeah uh, when I was younger but um yeah no it's a very very interesting topic and and I really think like you say from that Norwegian study if 75% didn't really know what they weren't and generally athletes have a bit more awareness of their body Mm. I just think the general population I know know. like these these are people that were like competitive athletes so they would have a coach and so yeah like I think to an extent coaches that that this is so important that coaches know and in my so I my own personal pelvic floor dysfunction like it got worse and worse and worse and it was through competing in Olympic weightlifting now my coach was a man knew nothing about pelvic floor he Mm. would witness me peeing on the platform and be like high-fiving me slapping me on the back because I was pushing myself to the max yeah when that he should have been like hmm there's something not right here. Shona's body's not functioning the way that it should be. Mm. Even just even him just saying you need to go to a physio and get an appointment because that's not right. Like that's all. That's all a conversation would would need to take place in order for mm. me to have got help. But I was only twenty five. I had no idea. I was like, oh right. Well, my coach tells me this is fine. He slapped me in the back, telling me I'm going for it. Mm. Um, this is not yeah. good. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I, I definitely heard of many stories in like powerlifting as well, uh, as well as Olympic lifting. Uh, of because you you are pushing yourself to the max in terms of strength strain. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really interesting. Um, so what are obviously, um, erectile dysfunction is one, uh, symptom. What are the other main symptoms or like if someone or is there ever any symptoms where you're not really aware that your pelvic floor isn't working properly? I think if um for men, like I mentioned earlier, if you're having any like embarrassing leaking of things, like so you're not able to hold in gas or or you're mm. not able to hold in poo, um, or even just like pain, pain in, in your pelvis, pain anywhere down below. Okay. Um for women, I would say obviously leaking of mm. any urine. Um, even even at like, even if it's like at the very top end of your effort, like I would still be like, that shouldn't be happening. I need to get that addressed. Okay. Um, any like pain during sex, like or if you are not able to insert tampons, like because some some people have like, as I said, their pelvic floor is so tight, um, that it it just doesn't allow anything to go in. And I mean, that, that would be really um, a distressing thing to, to live with. Yeah. Um, Just anything that's not, that's get, I, I can't like, I talk about this so much, but at the same time, I don't really want anyone to be like their head, their pelvic floor or their vagina taking up lots of headspace because like yeah. it shouldn't, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it should be that you can go and enjoy your activity and sport and not have to think about this. That is like literally the end goal. But if there's anything that is like getting in the way, uh, another thing is like, um, if you were, uh, 
breastfeeding or uh, going through the menopause. Quite often when, when women are breastfeeding, they get a drop in estrogen. But mm. women who breastfeed are also athletes. Um, yeah, and yeah. Same, same with menopause. So when you get a drop in estrogen, thing like um, connective tissues, like certain like ligaments can feel a little bit looser and that can have an impact on your pelvic floor. And then also like the tissues down below get drier. But that's again, something if you just went to your GP, they could give you like a, an estrogen, a topical cream, and that okay. can really help as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of things that can be done yeah, um, yeah. to address these issues. Yeah. So let's kind of get more into that actually. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what would be your advice in terms of to do if you you do have concerns about your mm. pelvic floor and then what are the kind of things that people could obviously uh, take away today obviously probably might not because it's a talking kind of discussion but um, and sometimes you need a bit more guidance but what mm. are the kind of things that people could take away today that um, they could do to help improve their pelvic floor so kind of covering those two kind of questions okay so um I would say if anyone's listening to this and they are experiencing any kind of dysfunction and thinking that they should just live with it, then what I want you to take away from is that you shouldn't feel that you should just live with it. There's absolutely always something that you can do about this. And sometimes all it, all it takes is one appointment with a pelvic floor physio. Um, I know that finding a good pelvic floor physio is really hard. And I actually um have one girl that I work with in Glasgow and she is so popular like see if anyone's had a baby you're like have you gone to Rosie yep I've been to Rosie um and like you you can't get an appointment with her for like five weeks at a time so she's so so popular and so busy but I mean in terms of Glasgow and Glasgow's a big city it's quite hard to find a pelvic Mm. floor physio so um definitely find one get an appointment and Mm. even like uh, Rosie says to me uh, is that sometimes she doesn't even need to see a person um, to know to be able to treat them like she can do a zoom consultation mm. um, and more and more she's moving away from doing internal examinations to find out if like what the problem is because yeah, yeah. people that listen to this podcast they're going to be athletes right mm. if they've got pelvic floor dysfunction it's probably not a vagina problem or like a penis problem it's probably that there's something else going wrong with their technique um maybe they need to work on relaxing their pelvic floor uh maybe they need to work on their mobility yeah they're absolutely breath is a huge one Mm. um and like mobility and things like that so if, if you're like landing from a jump and you don't have like your ankles can't take that impact, your knees can't, your hips can't, the pelvic floor might be working harder than it should be. Mm. So yeah, it's, thing, it's things like that. It's it's definitely like a, a more holistic approach. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so I obviously have worked with many, I uh, do work with general population as well. So I work with a lot mm. of mainly amateur athletes now. Right. Um, but the... Uh, general population I've had I think I've had seven pregnancies this year and one is uh, one that still plays sport at a good level um but I always recommend them just to go straight to a pelvic floor physio and I have got contact in a few there's a few in London so it's a little bit easier Mm -hmm. probably a few more in London generally oh yeah Mm -hmm. um but anyway uh the 
so in terms of going a bit more specific to the athlete um like you were just saying what other than like is it worth them going to see a pelvic floor specialist or physio or kind of just to help with those other things like the breathing mm -hmm. um and yeah the other things you just mentioned that I can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> or, or do you mean like on like what can what can coaches do is that what you're trying yeah, to yeah maybe what yeah. can coaches do because uh, okay. I think there'll be coaches and uh listening as well hopefully <laughs> we'll see um what I think like as a coach it's definitely about managing someone's expectations um and also like making them aware that um this is something that we can work together as a team to mm. try and improve and I think it's an absolute no-brainer if you are a coach that is that is um, training women, yeah, training women, then to connect with a pelvic floor physio is so important because like then your client feels like you are a team working to support them. Uh, even just like as a coach doing a little bit of research, knowing about the pelvic floor and not um, being like, oh my God, like what can really put people off like uh, clients is just cutting out exercises saying oh well when you run you pee so just stop running like yeah, that is yeah. the most demotivating thing ever yeah. um so I I had someone like I had a I've got I had someone in my class at CrossFit who um has recently had a baby and she's uh rehabbing her pelvic floor just like anyone else would be when when they're having a baby and she wants to get back into double unders um but there's like a threshold of double like say she she can't do more than 20 without like feeling the need to pee so I'm like right well what can we work on like what is a, gr a good way to work up to this so instead of being like right well let's not do double unders because that's not going to make the mm. the that's not going to improve anything let's do let's do 10 double unders take a rest 10 double unders take a rest like it, it's just as a whole, yeah. yeah adapting training up to it um, even like breaking down the movement practice, uh, your pelvic floor is a muscle just like everything every else. So it does get tired, but it also does get stronger. It needs mm -hmm. it needs work. It needs work. Yeah. One of the other th questions that's just come to me as we're talking there is um, if you are a person that has been to see someone mm -hmm. and the pelvic floor needs some work mm -hmm. and you're under a bit, and you're what's the word you, you're not you haven't prolapsed but you might prolapse or you're on the verge of prolapse mm -hmm. what would the kind of steps to be taken from that uh, if you were told that um I, prolapse is such a a difficult one because it's quite often overdiagnosed if you wanted to like actually measure if someone had a prolapse like I think it, like there's an instrument that is required to actually measure yeah, that yeah, and yeah. It's, it's not something that has I mean I've never had that done on me um I imagine a lot of women haven't had that done on them and yet they're being told that well you might have a prolapse or you have a prolapse and people can't even say if it's something that can be healed or not but in my experience it's something that I've I've managed to heal mm. um and I've heard of lots and lots of women who have had babies, been told they've had a prolapse and are able to go back into their sport, not feel any sort mm -hmm. of issues down below. So um, I think it would, 
it, it's a really horrible thing for a woman to feel scared of her own body and, yeah. and, and saying well you might have a prolapse or you've got a pro it's such a horror like having lived through that it was a horrible thing to to walk around with every day feeling like a part of my body was broken and that I wasn't allowed to do things because of that um mm -hmm. and and see if I'm ever told that I'm not allowed to do something or I shouldn't do something it make it really makes Make me sure. determined to do yeah. and I think a lot of people are like that I so think, um yeah. yeah I think like get curious like there, there's people that are that are like pushing the boundaries all the time and and being successful like uh I don't know if you follow there's a, an ultra runner um who has a prolapse and like she talks about her prolapse quite often she's had babies there's a really famous picture of her breastfeeding while on an ultra run I don't know if you know who I'm talking about oh I think I might have heard her I don't know what her name is though um she she she's had a prolapse and so many women are told oh well you've had that you can't run and she is an ultra runner That's so there's just, I, I think just make sure that you're <laughs> you're seeing people that are that are are, you know are living do. the life that you want to live as well because it's so inspiring yeah I think as well with like athletes like it's like when they have just a, another injury when you're just said if you get a physio that says well you can't do anything you just need to rest or mm. and then do these two tiny exercises and I'm like <laughs> no yeah you can't and they just don't have that understanding you can't just tell an athlete to stop doing stuff no um it doesn't really work no but um yeah it's the same kind of concept it sounds like um, yeah, and something um like a, a way that I sort of like related to so see if like you tore your hamstring mm. and you uh, went to physio were given exercises rehabbed your hamstring blah 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 every so often you'll feel a little twinge you'll be like mm, maybe I can't push it today but tomorrow it feels fine and you'll always be a little bit mindful about your hamstring but generally mm -hmm. you can do everything that you did before yeah um, pelvic floor or prolapse is exactly the same like I That's think not. that you, occasionally like now that I've had a baby, I will always have to do pelvic floor exercises. And I think that's the same for anyone that's had a baby. Yeah, yeah. You'll always have to be mindful of it. But is it stopping me from doing anything? No, it's not. Awesome. Great. Mm. So I've got one more question I think I wanted to ask mm -hmm. is what kind of testing would you do with a client or an athlete before you started working, before they started lifting, if they had suggested that they had um uh problems with their pelvic floor or if or even if you didn't know do you kind of dig out if they've got any issues with that before they before they start with you oh, that's a good question um I think uh so I mostly work with pre and postnatal mm. and when they start working with me they fill out a form and there's loads of questions about pelvic floor and mm. diastasis and all that um but if I'm working with people that haven't had babies probably not necessarily something I would be like maybe I would like start a conversation about it just mm -hmm. like ask do you have ever have any pelvic floor dysfunction no right well that's fine <laughs> that's the end yeah. of the conversation yeah. um but if if someone's saying like so for example oh this makes me need to pee or like I can't do this without peeing then then what I'm doing is I'm looking at their breathing I'm looking at their flexibility. I'm looking at their technique and their positioning. And something I heard the other day, 
I can't remember what the, it was like a really you know when you hear a really catchy quote but you can't yeah. remember it well anyway <laughs> the the gist of it was um to to find a solution you need some something needs to change right mm. we are all so unique and I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all fix for anything so yeah, yeah. um if like you were doing an exercise and it was making you pee I would change we'll try a change maybe that doesn't work right let's try another change it's mm. it's kind of getting curious and and a bit of problem yeah. solving and and working it out so um I think as coaches we always want to have the answer we always want to be like yeah I know I know what the answer to this is but that's never going to be the case so it's like problem solving asking questions trying yeah. stuff if it doesn't work keep trying other stuff yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Definitely, as coach, and especially as I've learned over the years of being a coach, is is being an investigator. Because, mm-hmm. like you say, we don't have the answers to everything. Everyone com- sometimes comes to you think, I've "Got this," and I want this, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Ah." But yeah, definitely, <laughs> I think, um, and being honest about it as well. It's like if you're unsure, kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, can't even remember what it is where yeah, you refer just, out you refer out yeah or yeah. learn about it but yeah definitely okay. about I find it being a coach whatever you specialize in it's all about investigating because you're so right um every person is very individual mm-hmm. um and has different issues physiology biomechanically all very different so yeah, yeah I think that's great so I think just to finish on let's go with what are you currently working on and where can we find you online? Oh, thank you. So um, I, me and you met each other again on EF Mentors, which is so cool, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah. we're, both, we're both trying to take over the world with our businesses, which is awesome. Um, so I mostly work with pre and postnatal people. I have a pregnancy program called Shona Strong Bumps, which is online awesome. group coaching for pregnancy because there's so much misinformation about what you're allowed to do during pregnancy and I want to shout from the rooftops that really you're allowed to do pretty much everything and there's more and more research coming out that women are um are are performing like not just like you know moderate intensity exercise when you're pregnant like women are pushing those boundaries and having safe <laughs> un- no complications during pregnancy and during birth and health healthy babies ultimately mm. so yeah that's my program that's what I'm what I'm that's really awesome. passionate about but I also work a lot one-to-one with people online whether that's postpartum recovery or pelvic floor dysfunction or just sort of like general um you know fitness for life um yeah, I'm yeah. also a, a coach at a CrossFit gym called unit for health and fitness yeah um and that's taken up a lot of my time which I love I <laughs> and then ultimately um I'm a mom as well uh, to a little boy and he is like the best person ever so awesome. yeah that's what and you can find me on Instagram at Shona Strong awesome so what I'll do is I'll get all those deets out yeah. and we can put it in the spiel thing Mm -hmm. so that's it thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate that and I think my listeners will really enjoy that uh, and find it useful so really thanks a lot and have a great rest of your day thank you bye
Thank you for listening to the GB Sports Performance Podcast with me, Grace Brown. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please drop me a message at Grace Brown Fitness on Instagram. Thank you.